Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Brad Bethune and Rich Klein. We're going to talk about the Dallas Card Show. We're going to talk about the behind-the-scenes aspects of it, why it's been successful, because we each have been there pretty regularly, but come at it from different perspectives. So I think Kyle's got a really good thing going, Kyle Robertson. I think not by accident. A lot of intentional decisions he made that have benefited him and benefited the hobby as well. Thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards. Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, and Top Spinini and Upper Deck. Welcome, guys. Uh, let's talk about the Dallas Card Show. It's five or six times a year. Brad, this is really allowing you to just be immersive in the hobby. It's such a big show. Yeah. And Rich and I are kind of lifers and went through the thick and the thin of the slow days of Dallas shows. But it's been a rocket ship the last couple of years. So what do you think Kyle's doing right? And what draws you to really feel like this is a must show? I think the sense of community is, even though everybody goes, that show's so big, you can't have a community. You can. In the smaller rooms, there's community. Yeah. In the big room, I don't sense the community. Yeah, there, there, okay. it's pockets. Because there's guys that I know that the first thing I do whenever I walk into the Dallas Card Show is I go shake up. I say hello to everybody that I know, and I, I try to meet someone new every single time. Introducing people and it, it, number one, it's community. Okay. I really do. Well, I agree with you 100% about the community in the smaller rooms. I think each room has a community. Yes, yeah. that's my it's point. A, and the bigger, the smaller they are, the more there's well, a sense of community. Our Starlight Room, which is where I've been setting up for the last year or so, that has a community, but many of us in that room, with a couple exceptions on both levels, are what I call that room the Friends of Kyle. Most of us in that room have done his shows from the days when it was the smaller one-day Frisco show. There are some exceptions. And so the reward is to be in the small room if you're a friend? What are you saying, Rich? <laughs> well, no, but, but you talk about the community. It's also... It is a community, and they look out for each other. And we look out for yeah. each other. Plus, the tables are less expensive. Right. Plus, there's carpeting on the floor. And that's you, a big plus. That's a huge plus. It reminds me of the old days where, at a card show, in a room like that, the dealers knew each other, and if a dealer had to go to the bathroom, the next table over said, hey, I'll watch it for you. I don't sense that in the big room, but I do sense that in the smaller rooms. You yeah. do get actually get that in the big room. You get a little bit of it, but I think you get more of it in the Starlight Room. Where I think more of us know each other. So I think easy. that's part of it. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, where most of us have many years of knowing each other. That's true. Security... Um, are there any holes? I think one of Kyle's distinctives is a real tightening of security, especially in the last year. Yes. But is that dependent on the room or all the rooms are tight? All the rooms are tight. The one thing that I There's really noticed the, was the, the drone security. in the big room. But even then, he's added more security poles, more cameras, more visibility, more people on the floor. Leo's now everywhere in the big room shaking paws and, and, and just saying hello. And that, that is a twofold where number one, he can keep a big, an, an eye out, but number two, he's making well, sure that people get at least said hello. One of the problems that popped up and one of the reasons is one of my friends had his money bag of $10,000 right, stolen from I him know. and they thought they had security cameras, but they didn't. And they realized we better start getting security cameras. And so it went from zero to 60 and they won't let the dealer start setting up. Until mm -hmm. all the security cameras are in place. Yeah. That's how careful they are at that show now. That if there was a case last time where my same friend who had that money stolen, some of his friends, they weren't leaving the room as they were setting up. And I called him to tell, by the way, tell your friends that uh, we can't open the show until they get out of Dodge. You call them and you tell them how upset everybody is. Yeah. 
And he did, and they left immediately. Is there any show in America that has better security at this point, you think, from what you've heard? Because I haven't been to that many shows out and about, but in the old days, again, it was you were policing your own, but the plainclothes police, the national is probably similar, would you say? Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite national stories from Mike Gordon, the year Mike Gordon ran the national, he had a police officer sitting with him at the front table. About every hour or two, they would make an announcement. Not only do you see the policeman at the door, but we have plainclothes policemen walking around the show. Nobody reported anything stolen at the show. Guess how many plainclothes policemen were walking? I, I can guess. <laughs> Zero. Correct. <laughs> but just, well, I probably was there, but I don't need a deterrent like that. But for some people, just that that mention yeah. gives the thing because you, you either they had zero or they had ten thousand. Everybody was deputized. Yes. <laughs> and but there's something about even the thought of it. Uh, one time, a couple shows ago, there was a person in the Starlight Room who had a very good Friday stealing stuff. Ruben, the guy who's basically in charge, showed me on Saturday morning the video camera they have of the guy stealing the stuff on Friday. He had such a good day Friday, he thought he'd come back Saturday. Imagine his surprise when he was uh, not so peacefully escorted out of the room and he returned everything. And the one person he didn't return it to, he paid for the cart. And the hotel basically told him, if you ever show up again, uh, you will be under criminal trust. That's how serious they are. Okay. The other thing that Kyle does is different is he doesn't emphasize autograph guests in the same way that a lot of other shows do. Do you think he's just right on that? Or do you think he's on the low end? Could that be improved? Or Because when I go, I don't have any concern about an autograph guest, but some people would. He and outs- they're local for the most he part. He outsources the autograph guests. So he has no good. It's all on somebody else. Okay. So I think, and the and the autograph guests are usually. But it didn't take it away from the, the show. They're in they're in the Starlight Room on Saturdays. It doesn't take away from anybody. Most of the autograph guests are going to come on Saturday, and okay. that's wonderful. And contained, and not worth it. The national, it's and some of these shows, it's equal to the show almost. Yeah. Well, but if you remember, Mike Burkus has talked when he was living about how when the autographs they brought. Jeff and the TriStar team in as partners to run the autograph pavilion at the National. That way they were able to offload anything about running the autographs to... Which is complicated, yeah. Yeah, so they were able to offload it to somebody with tons of experience at running autograph shows. And a lot of the autograph aspect is not just what you sell at the shows. It's it's getting them signed and and sell them later. What about the kids' zone or the kids' room? Did that come off? I don't think I was there on Saturday. I'm not sure because I left early on Saturday, so I can't... I don't think it came off the way... He had high hopes for that. Brad, did you hear anything about that? No, I didn't. There was a lot of fanfare, and I don't remember that it really came together, because it's difficult. I think as well, you're talking about the kids that come, they're the ones that collect cards. So was it a conflict? Do you go to the bounce house, or do you go do cards? Mm -hmm. Well... Go do cards. I think one thing with a kid zone is that if you want to try to work with people on being dealers, as I've pointed out, with the legal issues, you've got to make sure that there's parents involved and you've got written, signed documents that parental permission. Well, if you remember, Jim, when you did the deal with the kids, Max or one of the other kids said, why don't you just have an area that was segmented for kids-only baseball cards or kids-only cards? Maybe that might be an idea, taking that and putting that into a quote-unquote kids zone area where it's kids only or something like that 
It's an idea that sounds good, but it's maybe hard to, to implement it and get the kids to participate in the way you think they're going to. But what about the location? Obviously, Rich, it's a fabulous location for you, but I've talked to Kyle, and he, he does get pitched by some other places to come because it does bring some action. Probably not that many room nights, but some. And uh, so you think we're going to be in Waters Creek for a while? I hope so. As you said, it's a wonderful location to be. And the you whole, can't expand. No, you can't expand. On the other hand... It's, it's sell-out business at the hotel through three nights. So for the hotel, it's wonderful. There is a challenger that could rise up in Denton that is off 35. The Gaylord or what do you No, say? no. I There's an embassy that's up in Denton off, off 35. I've been there. I've, it's almost... A different now. promoter? Or, Just know. if Kyle ever thought about moving. that it, There is space right in North Dallas. Well, be closer to, to the airport. Yeah. You're also closer for the Oklahoma people. But I, I just think, for me, when you got a sure thing, I, I wouldn't want to change it unless I was absolutely positive. And for a five times a year or six times a year show to have 600 tables, do you really need to have 700 tables? Well, if you think about maybe the autograph expansion or if he wants to do yeah. any other type of, of additional yeah. add-ons, whatever you want to call it, then he's starting to become landlocked. Brad, you also have to think about, let's say, where are your attendees coming from? This is a discussion I've had internally of both moving it and not moving it, because it's a larger space. But however, with a larger space, you've got all of that entails. When you go to Denton, do you alienate the far east Dallas contingent, the lower end of the DFW Metroplex? That adds another 15 minutes onto the travel time. This is the first show, this last one, where they charge for parking. Oh my gosh, yes. And I was shocked and I was surprised pleasantly because when I got the memo that they were going to charge for parking, I just was thinking, I was reaching for a $20 bill and they said five bucks. Five bucks to park in the parking garage adjacent. And I thought, that's pretty reasonable. I could live with that's five. pretty reasonable. As- and it's below what the standard is because they disabled the machine. And so I thought, they're not gouging. Kyle, even though he charges 30 bucks for the weekend pass or something, or 10 bucks a day, and for six or 700 tables, maybe that's not so bad. And five bucks for parking? That's really good. It was free before, but it's hard to imagine the hotel not wanting in on some of that. You've got hundreds of cars. I will tell you how frustrated I was. About 1995, when I went to the Arlington Convention Center for some show, because originally oh. parking was always free there. All of a sudden, they were doing debt service on the ballpark in Arlington, so they started charging for parking. And whenever you have a new charge yeah. and you don't have a previous charge... It, it's difficult, but th- there's so much acres of parking there that you could just maybe go and walk a little farther. Okay, trade night. Is the Dallas Card Show trade night better from what you've heard than some of the other trade nights, excepting the national. Let's not talk about the national, but is there some special chemistry in the trade nights, the Friday night and the Saturday night? Was it Thursday night one too, maybe? Yeah, Brad, you, Brad you would, I've never gone to trade night except when I've left one of your yeah. your events. Brad, you actually went this time to the trade nights. So. Yeah. Was it crazy? It, it was crazy, but it was crazy fun. And and interesting, I, I heard this. People fly in specifically for the trade nights, and then fly out where they don't necessarily So Kyle gets come. nothing out of that. I, I don't Table know. Table holders get nothing. Yeah. You're either there and you deal with trade night, and Kyle, is, it's just a passive, not look the other way, 
But yeah. But he doesn't participate in it. And the well, hotel, I guess, does a lot of business in the bar. Yeah. Yes. Well, they Saturday, do a lot of business in a Saturday lot of night is a more formal trade night. Yeah. Right. They use the same area they do for the autographs right. for trade night. Okay. So Saturday night's a little more formal. But that's free. Yes. Yeah. There's no admission. Friday night is mainly in Thursday night. Thursday and Friday night are mainly in the check-in area at, at the hotel. Brett, because you come from the business world, I mean, does the trade night have a B2B flavor or a C2C flavor? And that's Yes. Because both. it's confusing. It's both. It's more... Because there's it's regular really guys organic, there. organic. But you but don't have some cards. Right. Currency. You can't go in there with a dollar, one dollar, two dollar. You, you, you got to have some heat. Because people are looking to buy larger dollar cards there. They're not looking to buy 5, 10, 15. That 1,000, 2,000. And I've heard also anywhere from 5 to a million. It's across the gamut. But you can't bring your $1 cards out there and say, I've got $1. No. It's, what would you do? You'd be ostracized. Would you be made fun of? You wouldn't be made. Actually, Probably. you'd be thrown in a locker. and <laughs> No. It's, that's what I've heard. What My experience, I took my cards out there. I took two, three or four of my larger dollar cards, put them out there. There was interest at the, at the back end of the show, but the deal couldn't be made. Yeah. So it, there was a, a 100, a 500, and a 750. And there was interest on all three. There was a vendor set up across from me three or four shows ago at the Dallas Card Show in the Starlight Room where they also had the more formal trade night. Yeah. They basically moved their table to the trade show area mm-hmm. and basically set up their Saturday night, which is yep. perfectly fine. Enterprising. They're there already. Already paid for the table. Why not just... I thought the whole idea of trade night was cash and carry. You had to be able to... Portable. I think it's. I think it's. Doesn't seem fair to move to get a guy to help you move your table over. That's part part of the nice part is it felt organic, yeah. As opposed to the tables and everything in the in the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kyle Robertson, for putting on a good show that we can look forward to every two months. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.